What's up, you guys? Jeremy McGrath here. You are listening to Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is David Vitterman, the Cobra. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. back and this is uh episode 134 of the moto x pod show this is the first show with our brand new mixing board and brand new software which uh we partially need to thank all our patreon supporters because some of the money that those guys have uh, contributed over the years went into this equipment and software uh we think this is going to be a really good thing for the show we are still learning some issues we want to do youtube live tonight but we we had had a little bit of issue with youtube talking to the board We'll figure that out hopefully soon. Uh, once again, this is episode 134. We have Justin Starling, Brian Krantz, who's Eli, uh, Eli Tomax mechanic, if you guys don't already know that. I'm sure you do. And Mike Quinn, senior. He is a longtime fixture at Spring Creek MX. He's been there for years and years and years, like 20 or 30 years. Uh, tons of stories, and we're going to get him on tonight. And the Moto X-Pod show, as always, is brought to you by our title sponsor, Torque One Racing. Uh, who is providing high-quality, economical performance parts such as handlebars, shifters, brake pedals, and more. Johnny Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry. So follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and use them for your hard parts needs. And, of course, Shock Socks, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Blood Lubricants, Fly Racing, Power Band Racing, uh, a Cherby's Plastic, Works Wheels and Mods, Extreme Colors Helmet Painting, and Kyle Tucker Realtor. We thank all of them for what they do for our show. And, uh, yeah, in studio tonight is Mr. DJ TJ. What is up? Or I don't know, but that may be the best song you've, you've ever picked to open with. Mm, I, I beg to differ, but it's a good one. It's a good one. It, it, yeah, it's freaking really awesome. I, I actually don't even want to turn it off. It's so good. Well, we, we need to turn it off because we got some things to talk about. <laughs> we do, don't we? Yeah, so... Uh, What's it like to be back in studio? It's been, uh, what, a year and eight months, I think? I think, yeah. I feel as though, like, all the controls are now over there on your side, and I'm just here That's because for... you're never here. Yeah, I know. So I- I'm working on that. And you have some other contraption sitting over there on your side that nobody can see that it was hopefully eventually going to help us take phone calls and split phone calls and... A lot, a lot of technical advances going on yeah, here. Yeah, we're, we're working on some things. So look for good things in, to come. Uh, some of this equipment will also help with uh, the wrap-up show that I do on Wednesday nights, so we, maybe we won't have any more sound issues. But uh, yeah, so we're almost done with Nationals, TJ. We just got done with uh, Bud's Creek. Yeah. Pretty and pretty fun. I was really, like, like, and I've heard other people talk about it, but the track was not what I was expecting. In what way? Like, in the prep, in the... Yeah. Just, yeah, and then... Uh, referencing pulp here, but like a lady called in talking about how thin some of the spots were. 
on there, it was I was kind of blown away that it I don't know, it just it was narrow. And I did think she asked this question and when Freestone was being built back in the day feet. 20 feet? That's the minimum. I thought it was 30 something. That's why I was a little okay. 20 feet is the bare minimum, I believe. Huh. Um yeah, so you we're 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 having we're we're messing with the board a little bit. So if you hear yep. us pausing and whatnot, yeah, may, I think you just need to talk a little bit louder. That was oh, we, I got what you're gotta, saying. Yeah, yeah, we got to figure out. We we still have a few things we're working through with this board, but it's going to make editing a lot easier. And if yeah, hopefully it's and not editing. Hopefully it's going to sound really good sound afterwards. Better, yep. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. So what would you think about the racing? Oh, it was good. I um I slept through it <laughs> <laughs> to for the first time that I went back and watched it. Um. It was really good. It was, I guess, it was just an another weekend of what we've seen, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, AC kind of did what he had to, but yeah. I don't. I think he wanted to do better. He was saying, you know, that he he was struggling. He just couldn't make up any time. And but when you're in his situation, you're gonna push until you don't. Kind of like you're gonna push, but okay, I can't push anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna just gonna have to chill out, and that's just. I think that's what he did. How about John Short again? I mean, like all okay. Since John started working with Greg Albertson, who was on last week, his starts have been on point. Like he was terrible at starts, now he's great at starts. It's not like he was like, oh, I got a little bit better. Do you think it's confidence because he's not having to deal with all the other BS he was? Maybe. Well, I or think is it technique. I think one of his issues, and this doesn't really have to do with starts, but he he's had to stress during the day about working on his bike because he really hasn't I mean. had a yeah. mechanic. Okay. Now, Greg hasn't helped him every week. He hasn't been at the races. I think he did WW Ranch and one other one, maybe? Right. Or no, he wasn't at WW Ranch. I'm sorry. I said that last week. It was the, the weekend after at... He was at Millville. Millville. And um, one or two others. But he's had somebody helping him out, I think, lately that's that takes some little pressure off. That's what I'm saying. Like, so, yeah, maybe you're right. Getting his mind cleared and being able to focus on what he can do. Yeah. I would just wonder how much of a... Um, I guess say I, I hate to use the word help. help, but well, it's got to be because he comes yeah. off the track typically, and he immediately has to go either help his quote unquote mechanic or whoever's right. helping today, or do it himself. And now he can relax a little bit. But I know he's been working on some things with stars, some technique stuff, and it seems like he's got it figured out. So, gosh, man, that sounds like somebody from the 1970s, like Dennis the Menace. Gosh, man. <laughs> anyway, um, hoping he has that stuff figured out for Supercross, because if he could get starts like that and go out and show what he's got in Supercross, you know, I, I know there's teams looking at him. Yeah. That, that That's a big deal to us here because he's a buddy of ours, and it means a lot. And then the other thing, man, I got to get a hold of Zane and see what has been going on lately. He's just, like, I know, like, I know what last week he blew up three wheels out there oh, at sh- underground okay. uh-huh. uh riding i i wonder and i haven't talked to him so this is and yeah. I, I have no clue but i i know him personally but i wonder if maybe he he came in with just like humble desires i guess you'd say and he because that's the kind of guy he is yep and he's done really good and so now i wonder if that's putting pressure on him to to continue to do good as cheesy as that may sound does that make him want to like, well, I've been doing good this so far. I'm having a bad moto. I've got to push harder because Zane, especially anybody who knew him as an amateur, quote-unquote amateur or whatever, Zane sometimes has been known to override mm. and and throw it away. Okay. And when he came into the series, didn't have the pressure of, I've got to be up there battling with the leaders. I think he was able to find his pace 
And I mean, it's a long series. Yeah, yeah. None of the amateurs do this. Right. I think it was wearing on him. And then. Could be. I've been meaning to call him, but then I don't want to be like, you know, like, what's going on, dude? Like, what's wrong? And him. What the hell's the matter with yeah, you, son? Yeah, but, you know, I, I do need to get a hold of him, though, and check on him and see what's up. But, uh, yeah, so, again, I, I, TJ, in these openings, I kind of don't like talking a ton about the race because everybody else does it. Yeah. So we'll probably just do a somewhat short interview or uh, intro here, but I do want to draw the winner of our women's light hydrogen. Okay. Gear. We had like five million entries. I, I don't think it was five million. I oh. think it was about fifteen hundred. <laughs> but well. yeah, hey, but um, we we've got a hat full of uh, hat full of entries here, and it's. Free I got, stuff. You guys can hear that on the microphone. So if I draw my name, am but I? It sounds like as we're shaking it up. If I draw my name, can I win it? Are you? Well, you are kind of a bitch. So. Oh, oh God, that sounds so bad. To wow. The wow, that was just harsh. No wonder yeah. nobody likes you. You know what? I'm not even gonna cut that out. I'm gonna leave it in because you're a terrible person. I, and that comes I through. I I didn't mean that towards women in a derogatory way. I meant that towards TJ in a derogatory way. So does that mean that if this weekend on Sunday or Saturday, Saturday night when we warm. race and I beat you, mm-hmm. what does that mean? It means that I suck. <laughs> All right. So All right, TJ draw just this. drew a name. Let's see. Can you read that? And it is uh, Margaret Oatmeal. No. Oh. Now that was disrespectful. <laughs> Margaret should kick your ass. Margaret o- Otanad, I believe. Otanad. I can't I hope we're right. saying that right. Otanad I like oatmeal. Funny so. enough that I got today like five emails about an hour before we started the show, and she was one of those. So she got in at the very end. Did she send a picture or something? Is that how you? Is that how why? I, she I drew, did not. Wait, do all of the names say that? All the ones that I put in the hat have an, have sent pictures. The ones that did send pictures <laughs> didn't get put in the hat. Oh, no, teasing. Um, but anyway, awesome. yeah. So Margaret, congratulations. I will contact you, and we'll get color schemes and sizes. Uh, it's that easy. All you gotta do is enter these contests, and it's pretty bitching. I mean, yeah, we there's some stuff that we do give away. There you are with that word like, again. I'd like to do what? There you are with that word again. That was bitching. That's like uh, gnarly, dude. Surfs up. It's so bitching waves. Um. Anyway, congratulations. We're gonna do a blood lubricants giveaway soon. Another shock socks giveaway soon. Uh, I'm working on. We we did a giveaway for a free fly racing helmet and with extreme colors painting. About three months ago or so, um, and I, I we picked a winner. I just got to get with Kirk and get that done. So all you have to do is enter these contests, and you can win some cool stuff. I've been um, trying. Yeah, I always kick your entries out. Dang it! And every time, like it, I get these emails from like, you know, I love uh, My Little Pony, and I know that's you. Oh, yeah. So so you just know all these names are mine. Is yes. what you're saying. If, oh, it, dang. if it comes from something like you know. I love my little pony at Google. That's that or at Gmail. That's TJ. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you know for sure. So, anyway, okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be back with our first guest tonight, Justin Starling. Okay, we're proud to uh, have our first guest on the phone. Brought to you by Blood Lubricant Oil Lines, which was created to bring out the highest level performance and protection for all types of racing. Blood Lubricants has three series of oil to fit your needs, as well as chain lube, degreaser, polyclean, and more. Whether you ride moto, race dirt track, or anything else, visit bloodlubricants.com for your oil needs and use the Moto X Pod Show discount code. On the line with me, Mr. Justin Starling. What's up, Justin? Uh, another day. Back back in Florida now, though. I'm not in Europe anymore. Yeah, so are you glad to be back? 
Uh, yes and no. I mean, my girlfriend lives in Germany, so yep. it's like it's a bummer to be away from her and, and all that. But, I mean, after two months, it's kind of exciting to come back to what you're used to. And I'm only here for, I mean, just about a month now. And actually less than a month when I go back over there. So, Yeah, so let's talk about that. You, are, you're going to – you're racing – well, you, are you going back over for a mix of nations? Yeah, so, yeah, I fly back over, like, mid, mid-September. mid um, I'll do some riding. Like, luckily for me, I mean, I know a lot of those guys, like the American guys, are all flying over pretty soon, I think, actually, to ride the sand. And luckily, I've been doing that for basically all summer. So, um, yeah, I'll fly over, like, mid-September, um, do some riding with the team, uh, do a little bit of testing with the suspension guy. And, uh, yeah, we'll go race motocross nations, and then I'm on a plane, I think, the Monday after the nations right back. Okay, yeah. So for people that don't know, you are you were nominated to race for Team Puerto Rico. So congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely, pretty, pretty cool. So living over there, and I know you're back now for a short time. Do you? And a lot of, I've had people ask me this, and I'm like, I don't know. But how does that work? Do y'all have to like come back every so often for visa reasons and stuff like that? Uh, so for Americans, actually going to Europe is super easy. Um, I mean, we obviously you don't that we're like working and all that stuff but we're, we're kind of not you know like it's right. kind of like a, it's a weird deal but um with me not like technically being contracted it's pretty easy for me to be there and then also with having a girlfriend there it makes it even easier but uh we're actually allowed to stay up for three months um before having to come back hmm. um where you're you know european you come over to the states you have to do the whole visa stuff and all this stuff we can go over for three months without like anything we can literally just all we have to do is basically show that we're going to stay for this long and have a return flight. As do, long as you have a return flight, you're good. Do they? Um, do you have to be back in the States for a certain amount of time? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I would imagine so, but usually when I come back, it's for about a month. Oh, okay. Um, it's usually never shorter than a month. Just Well, sometimes it is, but sometimes it's not. And, but it's usually more than a couple of weeks that I'm here. So yeah. okay. uh, I'm not, not 100% sure on that. Okay. So uh, you're going to race at Assen for MX of Nations. How do you feel about the sand? Have you ever been that? You know, I know this is sort of a man-made track, but, I mean, what are your what are your thoughts on it in preparation for that kind of sand? Yeah, so I don't think anyone can really prepare for that type of race. Hey, um, Justin, we, we, lo- we lost you for a second. Can you say that again? Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't think anyone really can prepare for that race. <laughs> right. Um, at the end of the day, there's no bottom like at all because the bottom there is concrete and they can't allow that. So, yeah, it's a it's a dip, bit of a different race. But for me, um, I've been riding sand in, in Germany, and there's a couple of tracks where I stay up north that are, to me, feel like there's no bottom. So, uh, I've been doing doing quite a bit of riding on that. Um, so I, I should be fine. But it was one of those things like when it came back to where I could race it because I was supposed to race it again in the states. Uh, last year um but then when obviously when Pastrana and all that did the you know the fundraise and everything that kind of like overrode anyone racing it um but yeah this year I was able to do it again um or get nominated to do it again so I was immediately I jumped on it because I'll never turn down racing motocross nation that's a that's a pretty cool event so anytime that you can get to do it you do it and especially for me being more of a supercross guy and not really having results outdoors it was I mean, it's something I never thought I'd ever get to race, and now I'm going back for my second time, so it's it's pretty sweet. That's awesome. Talking about Supercross, so are we going to see you 
here in the states for Supercross this next year? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll I'll race that until literally I can't race anymore, or <laughs> if there's some something that you know can't allow me to do it. But yeah, no, I'll be racing Supercross until I'm done racing for sure. Do you have anything in the works? Because I know we we sort of talked off the record about last year's team. I, I have a feeling that you won't be riding for that team. Um, any, anything going on? Yeah, I mean, the last two years it was it was pretty cool to you know have a team behind me, but at the end of the day, I feel like I probably would have been better on my own. Um, so that was you know that that happened, but yeah. So next year I have a few things. Um, it's kind of crazy, but I feel like you know this year I had my best results. I think with consistency wise after my injury, mm-hmm. um, and it came a little bit harder, you know, for me to to get my deals done. Um, but yeah. The, right now, it looks like I'm going to ride the 450 full-time. Uh, that's kind of what I've been wanting to do for the past couple of years. Like, I wanted to get better results. Like, uh, at the end of the day, to get those results, you need a team that's at Geico or Star or PC's type of level. And there's just they're, they're just not available for, you know, from where I'm at, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, even Blows, who's in the top five, and, put a podium, and he doesn't even want those offers, you know, so... It's, um, you know, for me, I, I really wanted to ride the 450. I did three of them this year, and I uh, made all three mains, and that was with literally not even practicing on the bike, just kind of showing up on the weekend racing it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I was really excited to, you know, I'm really excited to, to try to, to make that happen. Uh, I have Kissimmee Motorsports. Uh, they did, like, their team with Legends and Heroes the past couple of years. Yep. Um, so I kind of have that, like, in the works right now. Um there's a couple more that that I mean that are 250 teams that I've talked to, um, and I'm not opposed to riding the 250. It's just not what I'm looking forward to sure. doing. So well, there's a lot um, more more yeah. money to be had, in the, I think in in, um, in the 450 class and payouts. And yeah, I think I, I I would I would rather ride the 450 class if I was in your position. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I mean the, the money is definitely a huge thing, and then I mean you look at the light spots; it's quite a bit easier when it comes to the supercross part, just yeah. because of the coast is split, so you you make it a lot easier on yourself and and all that. But I, I genuinely feel like I can go and and be in that ten to fifteen range in the four fifty class, so I really want to do that, you know. And it's hard when you ride the light class and then you race ten rounds, you know, as long as you're not you don't get hurt. But you race 10 supercrosses, and then you still want to race the opposite coast, but then it kind of comes a little bit difficult because, you know, your team doesn't do that coast yeah. and you're on your own, you know, and all that. And I, I really want to do something where I have a team and we do the full season, I race the full time, and, you know, we go that route. So 450 is definitely something. I mean, obviously the money is great too, but for me it's just I want to be racing as much as I can because I'll be 27 next year, so it's not like I can do this for – a crazy long time. I want to take advantage of racing a motorcycle now. Well, while you're over there in Europe, who are you like training with and, and, and how does that work out over there? Yeah, I pretty much ride by myself. Um, when I'm over there, uh, sometimes I ride with my teammates, but it's more just those guys are all scattered across Germany. So, um, yeah, I'm usually just riding by myself and like my girlfriend will go and we'll just do, you know, try, basically just go off lip pro and just try to beat lap times the whole time. I got okay. you. Um, but yeah, I ride for the Casual Suzuki team over there, which mm-hmm. is Suzuki. A lot of people are like, "Wow, that part, how is that bike?" You know, and they're like, kind of like dogging on it. I'm like, "Man, the bike's actually really good. It's it feels really good." And then I also brought Works Chassis Labs mounts with me over there, so I have you know a little bit more of my parts on it too. And 
man, the bike is, I would ride that bike here. It's that good. And yeah, the team over there is really great. The first time I rode for them was in 2013, I think. And um, yeah, still with them today. Awesome. How was uh, the German super, the series? Uh, you know, how how did you how did you like it? How did it work out for you? Were you happy with your results? Yeah, the, the Supercross portion at the end of last year, I thought went pretty well. Um, the first night of racing, I crashed, but I still ended up with like a ninth, and then I got fifth. Uh, the second night, then the next round, I went five five. So I was like right there, like and and even like I think three of the nights that I got fifth, I only finished like two seconds off the podium. Like it was everyone's right there. Um, so yeah, I think it went pretty well. Um, I think this year I have a good shot at at winning it. I feel like I'm going to come in way more prepared than I was this past year and have more time on the bike and really having the bike dialed for me. Um, so I really would like to try to win that. Um, it was kind of a bummer, like. second round to Supercross here, and for me, I was contracted with AJE, so I couldn't go. Right. I was only three points behind Bowers going into that race, and he won the championship. So I was just like, damn, you know? like, <laughs> Yeah, that's so a, close. That really, really shot me in my foot. Like, I, I think to this day, out of anything that I regret the most in my racing career was actually not going to Dortmund this year. So that was, a, that was a major bummer, just being three points and then him winning the championship and me getting into, like, ended up like ninth or something by not going. So oh, wow. That, that was a bummer. So, yeah, this year, that's another thing for me um, is I, I want to go race Dortmund, and that's I'm going to do it regardless. There you go. Hey, yeah, I like that, man. I mean, and your chick is German, right? So she's that's her home country? Yeah, yeah. No, she's, she's full German, yeah. So she lives over there full time. So are you learning the language? Uh, a little bit. Um, it, it's so difficult. That is yes. probably one of the hardest languages to learn just for the fact that one one word that you can say literally has like seven different meanings. Yeah. And then it's – so that part's really difficult for me to learn. But like she speaks fluent English. Her family speaks English. Her brothers I'm really close with, they speak fluent English. And then my team as well because they've been bringing Americans over to race for them for years. So right. um, it's pretty easy for me to be there. And I'm like about 90% of the restaurants you go to, they all have an English menu as well. So it's it's super easy for me, um, but I, I do try to learn it. I mean, it is, it's it's kind of fun, you know, I and mean, then it's like whenever someone's talking around you, you're kind of understanding what they're saying, but it's difficult, man. Like, it's it's really hard. Yeah, I, I can count. I took German in high school, but I didn't learn anything more than how to count. So Yeah, I, I can go to 10, and that's it. <laughs> ooh, I can go to 12. Oh. I mean, 11 right. is, is elf, I believe, like, you know, like an elf from oh, Lord of the Rings. So... Yeah. I, and, I can't, so I can go to 11. Yeah, and then 12 is Zwolf or something like that. It's Z-W-O-L-F, something like that. Zwolf. And then I'm out, I'm out after that. Yeah, like 9, 5, 5, 5, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Heck yeah. Like, yeah that, that's all I got. That are, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Um, I mean, it's funny that, though, the more you learn and then you go to, like, the Supercross and you're listening to the announcer, you're like, oh, I kind of know what he's talking about. Oh, now. nice, <laughs> I'm like frantically looking at like the schedule to try to figure out what's going on. You know? Right. Yeah. That's gotta, it's being a different country has gotta be somewhat difficult, but at least your, your chicks there. So that makes things a lot easier. Um, let's talk about this weekend coming up. Uh, so, well, first of all, you, you get in the chat room for people that don't know, uh, Justin gets in the chat room on Popamex fantasy when he can, 
Uh, so he was on there this last weekend, and you, you said you were working on your bike for Ironman this weekend. If things worked out, is that a go, or do we know yet? Uh, right now it's a maybe. Um, okay. Like, the bike is done. Uh, I'm actually waiting on Truman to get me my ECU. I think it comes back tomorrow. Okay. Because uh, that was one thing that we kind of played with the stock one, and I honestly, when I was in Europe, I forgot that who we had map it like, right before I left. It kind of messed it up. So I haven't had an ECU, and then I went to start the bike, and I was like, oh, crap, it's jacked up. So I overnighted my ECU to Dan, and he's getting it all fixed up, and I'll have it back tomorrow. Uh, Plans to go ride Thursday morning, and if I feel good, I'm going to hold it wide open and drive straight to Indiana. And if I don't, I'm going to stay home. Just at the end of the day, like, there's nothing telling me to be there. Right. No sponsor telling me to be there. It's literally just me being like, Hey, I kind of feel like racing, you know, and, and I love Ironman and that's like the people that own it and everything are really cool. So I would like to go. Um, so right now, like it's a 50, 50 shot. I'm going to go ride WW on Thursday. If the bike feels good. I'm literally going to leave from WW straight there. Okay. Well, speaking of WW, so that's the last time I saw you, you were, you were in for a, a weekend, you were home and, um, you know, press day, of course trying to interview everybody and i brain farted on your name and you won't let me you like will, 12 times it was one time Man, never, it was one time and then the next time i i forgot i i blew the other name I'm and then i was just, just saying yeah and yeah you, you forgot jeff walker yeah, that that was the second time, and but you know it's whatever, man. I mean, you know what? Being a superstar media personality is not easy, Justin. <laughs> hey, and it was hot. We can just blame it on the heat. Oh God, it was hot. Okay, so yeah. the hijacking y'all's conversation. Nope, do it. How is it coming back to Florida from being in Germany? Because I know the weather's a bit different. <laughs> yeah, so that was something like I'll kind of give you guys some details on some stuff, but okay. like. I when I got when I broke my wrist in uh and, and I was whatever Oakland uh, round four um I basically couldn't ride but it was my wrist so I was still training so I think I was probably doing more than I should have been doing when I was just trying to do cardio 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 like before I was in a cast and once I was in a cast I was just doing cardio every single day um and I just trained and trained and trained and. Uh, a lot of people don't know, but, like, the team never sent me my stuff for my 250 for practice, so I never – I wasn't running during the week. I was racing on the weekends, and that was literally it. Yeah. Um. So, like, I was just training during the week as hard as I could so I could be good for the weekends, and then as soon as that Vegas was done, I was, you know, straight on a plane to Europe, racing the next weekend, and I was training super hard there and riding and riding and riding. And when I came back to Florida – I had like a week until WW and Europe. I mean, it was warm. It, like it wasn't, it didn't really feel hot to me, but it was definitely warm. And I got back here and like, I struggled. Like I, I hadn't been in the Florida summer heat in probably three years. Cause I was spending time in Colorado and doing oh, yeah. training there. Big difference. So I, yeah, I got back here and I was just really struggling. I kept like, I kept just thinking, like, no, you just have to train. Just keep training. Like, you'll get used to the heat, do everything outside, keep working, working, working. And, um, yeah, I went to WW, and honestly, like, I felt something was wrong. Like, I was really tired, and nothing was really working for me. And, and for me, like, I had the next weekend the race in Germany as well, and, like, that was a points race for me that was really important. So I was, like, I just pulled off, like, in WW. Like, I just took yeah. it a second. It was okay for me, and I was, like, and if I overheat my body and get heat exhaustion, I'm done. Like, next weekend is going to be pointless for me i'm screwed so like it just wasn't very good i i pulled off and i 
you know, end of the week, at the end of the day, like it wasn't really that important to me. I just wanted to be there for junior for his race. So flew back over to, to Europe and I went riding. The, as soon as I got off the plane, I went riding and was still just trying to train. I'm like, man, like, why am I fighting? Like, why do I feel more out of shape than I've ever felt? Like I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. I was just like struggling. I uh, went to the next race over there. and Again, I just pulled off first moto. because I was like, dude, something's wrong. Like I can't do anything. Like I'm just beat. Uh, I went and got some blood work done, and basically I was at the point of having Epstein bar, and I was like, awesome, like that's good, like makes a lot of sense. I just basically worked my body into the ground. Um, so that that was a major bummer, but I took actually I haven't even rode a dirt bike since that race, the weekend after WW. Um, so a lot of people don't know that either. Mm. Um, I'm back training again, um, but it's still like we're working into it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I see. Um, so it's. It's one of those things where, like, I, I we had blood work again, and it's not active. Like, I'm pretty good, and, and since I've been training again, I feel like honestly refreshed. Like, I got, I feel like my body's back to normal again, and back to where it was and before the Supercross season. So now it's pretty much just try to uh, get as in best shape as I can, you know, for Supercross next year. But yeah, that was a lot of a, one thing that a lot of people don't know about, and I didn't broadcast it or anything because it wasn't Epstein bar it was just basically my d12 and my iron and stuff were so low that they were like you're at the point of you're gonna if you keep training you're just gonna start passing out and i was like well that ain't no good solve that yeah that's no good yeah, I, yeah so i made the decision just to, just to stop racing you know like this summer just just stop don't do anything dumb so it was kind of like a vacation in europe the last right. little bit and and that was nice you know like that was actually super refreshing because i have so many races coming up before the year even starts so it's uh it, it was kind of nice to take a little bit of time off well yeah it's been a good time to take a little bit of a break watch some outdoor nationals and play pulp fantasy uh how, how are you doing in pulp fantasy do you know where you're ranked yeah so last weekend i was actually killing it like i went from like like i, I had one the what was the race before this one Shugel? no unadilla unadilla, yeah. unadilla went absolutely terrible for me me too um yeah it was i, I don't remember who i so I remember it was super bad, and I was like, this sucks. And I was sitting like 1,700, and then going in, like the first moto at 250, I was killing it. And I think I was like, I got down to like 200 or something. Yeah, I was in the top and 500. The, yeah, and then I, I, I the, two, the 450 class went, and like, yep. I, I keep making this mistake of picking these guys that qualify good, <laughs> and then do nothing in the races. Right. And I'm just like, you know what? I think now I'm like 1900 or something like it, it. It's so bad right now, and so that's a that's a major bummer. But it's my first time playing it, so I'm I'm still having fun with it. But dude, before I was playing that stuff and I wasn't racing, I like I would watch it on TV like after the race, you know, it was already done, uh-huh. and it would be fun to watch. Now when I watch it, I'm like watching the times on pulse, like <laughs> almost like the the chat and everything. And I'm like stressing yep. out, and I'm like, dude, come on, come on, let's yeah. go. And yep. then there's times where like I pick dudes like like that are fast but when it comes to points and a number they're like right behind me and i'm like i want them to do good because of pulp but i don't want them to get more points because i don't want them to pass me a number so it's right like, it, you have to kind of give and take a little bit yeah so yeah so coming up you get to iron man you're feeling good you got a good you know a number up there are you gonna like like you could actually if you're a player kind of adjust the number to yourself you could be like Oh, a lot of people are going to pick me because I qualified good, but I don't really care. So I'm going to bomb so those guys lose points, and I'm not, not going to pick yeah. me. 
Yeah, dude, that's that's one thing I can talk about to my parents. And my, my mom and dad go to every race because they work for the AMA. And, you know, they they basically said, they're like, hey, if you don't feel like you can just, like, make sure it's in the top 20, you shouldn't go. And uh-huh. I'm like, I agree with that. Yeah. Like, fully agree because otherwise it's, you're doing more harm to yourself than, than anything by showing up and sucking than you are to just be out of sight, out of mind right now. And right. I'm like, yeah, like, I get that, you know, and if, at the end of the day for a number right now, like the only, as far as forward as I can go is one spot and it's, it's two points that I would need to get. Um, at least this is what I've kind of put together and at the end okay. of the day, like my vital post is way off, but yeah, that's kind of like where I know right now is I would need two points to go forward, but then at the same time, like Derek Drake is two points behind me and Sean Cantrell is like six. Right. So it's like, I could go backwards, but then that was another thing. Like Derek Drake went out last week and didn't start second moto, so he didn't. He needed two points and didn't score any. So I'm like, well, maybe I might not go backwards, you know. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things. But like, I I I know right now I'm like really close to number sixty, and I'm I honestly kind of want to stay. Like I want to keep that number because I really like it. So yeah, one of those things. Like I would like to have a like a, a number sixty, but at the same time, I, I've always wanted to be in the fifties. So it would be cool to, like, maybe get in the 50s. But sure. with not doing outdoors, man, like, I start I start the outdoor season, you know, where everyone's in total in points. But, but at Hangtown, I have, like, number 38, like, every year. Like, I always have a low number. And then <laughs> you, you race outdoors, and there's all these guys just scoring, like, crazy points, like John Short and Henry Miller and those guys. And I'm just like, well, I'm going backwards now, you know? <laughs> yeah. The other thing I was thinking about, though, with the fantasy talk is, like, you know, let's say you're out there at Ironman and, you know, you, you look over your shoulder and the guy that you picked is right behind you. You're like, man, if he gets me, he gets me double points. But if he doesn't get me... Dude, I, my brain can't work like that. Okay, okay. <laughs> I can't put that math together. I can't even hardly pay attention to what rut I'm going to take. <laughs> okay, fair that. enough. <laughs> well, Adam no, Cincerillo... AC said a couple of years ago on Pulp that, you know, he was playing at the time, and he's like, man, I'm out there thinking about that. Like, if I pass this guy, I'm losing points. So I was – I think he even said he that. didn't want to put somebody a lap down yeah, because yeah. it would hurt his points. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember him saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Justin, man, it's been really great talking to you, man. Um, and, again, I apologize for brain farting your name. I knew who the hell you were. You know that. Um, thank you for coming on here. We're going to blame the heat. It was the heat. Yeah, I, I, anything that works, as long as you quit busting my balls about it. Hey, by the way, it's still just about as hot as it was then, now. Like, it's still pretty dang hot So that here. means don't go kill yourself at WW. Just right. go out there, ride, feel good. Yeah. Go to Ironman, qualify good, get the number you want, and then we have inside track and the people who listen to the show to know to pick you for fantasy. Word. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'll, I'll do a, a tweet or something if, if I decide to race. Like, hey, I'm feeling good, you know. But yeah, maybe even I'm feeling bad, and I still decide to race. I might just say that I'm feeling good, so people pick me and I score good points or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe no one picks me and I pick myself and kill it, and then I get good points. Level. There you I'm go. Good. Well, so, make sure whatever what... you decide, let me know the truth. Yeah. Right. So. <laughs> All right, Justin. Hey, man, it was great talking to you, and uh, appreciate you having some time for us. Yeah, no worries. And if I don't go to Iron Man, you'll see me in the comment section well, and in the chat. Yeah, I'm going to get on there for a little bit, but TJ and I are racing a night race over here in Tyler, Texas at Swan, so we probably won't get to see the end of the motos, but um, I'll be in there for a little bit, I'm sure. So, uh, But I'd rather see you. Go ahead. 
race at Swan? Is yep. it Swan, right? In two weeks. Yeah, when not this that? weekend, but next. The Pro Challenge, yep. Nope. We're losing you. Yeah, we're losing you, Justin. Oh, can you hear me now? Yep, there you yep. Go. Yeah, I might, I might just save myself and go race that. There's a little bit more money. And then you can, come, you can come in the next week and sit in studio. There you go. Yeah, there we go. We'll, we'll, I might have to work on that. Well, let me know what you're doing. And uh, once again, thank you for coming on, man. It really means a lot to us. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for having me. All right, Justin. We'll talk to you soon, bud. See you. All right, see That's Justin Starling. Give him a follow on Instagram, at Justin Starling. Uh, great guest. We really like him a lot. So, okay, taking our first commercial break of the night, and we'll be back with Mr. Mike Quinn, who should have some really great stories from Spring Creek. He told me a ton while we were up there. I think he may be uh, a, t- a guest that we get on a few times with some of the stories he has, but we'll be right back. Hey, Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Dark side here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. What's up, Moto X-Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why Allsport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. Allsport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try Allsport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam C. and Cirello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out. All sports, dynamic braces. Powerband Racing is a suspension company dedicated to providing best service and products. They are committed to developing new products and improve your ride. They want your suspension to be the best it can be. They're based out of Minneapolis, and they're a WP authorized service center and trusted by Ryan Sipes. Many bikes to big bikes, they cover them all. Powerband Racing has your suspension covered. Contact them at 320-983-3400 and follow them on Facebook or Instagram. All right, our next guest of the night. I'm really excited about this guy. Um, He's brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1999, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. In 2019, Fly Racing was the title sponsor of Supercross and continue to sponsor great riders like Wesson Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, and, of course, Damon Bradshaw. 
Go to flyracing.com for all your info. Check out what they've got and get yourself some fly racing. But on the line with us is Mr. Mike Quinn Sr. He is a longtime fixture at Spring Creek MX in Millville. I had the pleasure of meeting him last year and talking to him again this year. Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Just got back from the track, and uh, we're still working on things, getting ready for our big race come Labor Day. We've got a two-dayer. Oh, wow. So how many events How many events does uh, Spring Creek do every year? We will do 12 motocrosses plus the pro race for 13, and then we do one hair scrambles in the spring. Okay. And how often do you race? Do you? I know you raced at the uh, – at Amateur Day at the National, uh, do you do every one of the events? Yeah, I do every one of them, including the hair scrambles. Uh, yeah, and talk about the hair scramble because I think that's something that um, that the the Martins kind of started. I mean, was that more what they were involved with in the beginning? Was the hair scrambles, John? Well, John was actually the 1985 National Hair Scrambles champion. Um, and we, I, the club I belong to out of Rochester, held seven national hair scrambles at that facility before John bought it in 87. So John, is, he excels in the woods. That's what I thought. And his, yeah, his boys are probably even faster than him. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, well, I want to talk about you a little bit. So last year at the Spring Creek National, you were uh, you were surprised. Your whole family was there and given an award. Talk about that a little bit. That's something that motocross sports started doing last year, and it's honor a veteran, and I was lucky enough to have been the one picked. And so it's called the Moto uh, American Moto Hero. And they based on your past i was uh drafted and sent to vietnam yada yada so um well hang on first of all no no yada yada that that's amazing that (laughs) that you you deserve a lot of recognition and praise just for that so thank you for doing that but let's let's talk moto though i just but yeah don't yada yada that's a big deal well thank you thank you yes sir so anyway, they um, they presented me with that. That, based on what I did as part of my job, I did a lot of things. I've served the district for about 25 years here in Minnesota, you know, those kinds of things. I go to AMA Congress. So I'm, I'm very, very involved. And so they recognized it, which was really, really nice. It was presented by Ryan Dungey, which was yeah. really special. As I saw Ryan come up through the ranks from 50s on up, he and Alex Martin are the same age, so they came up together. Yeah, and you, how how many years have you been involved with Spring Creek? Uh, I have been involved with Spring Creek since 1982, even before the Martins bought it. That's that's really cool to see that you've been, you know, to be involved with like an area track for that long and see your passion. And, and last year, after going to that event, I came back and did this show, and I was just like, first of all, the place is beautiful, and it was run so well, and the people were so friendly, including your son Mikey Jr. Um, and I, I, the, all the everybody there was just so friendly and amazing. And honestly, it's my favorite track I've ever been to. Period. I love going to that facility. 
I haven't ridden every national track, but of all the tracks I've ridden throughout the country over the years, it's still my favorite. I love the soil. I love the uh, elevation changes. Yep. I love the way the corners form, all of that. I mean, I'm a lot slower now that I'm this <laughs> age, but nonetheless, Me too. I'm having fun. Yeah, you definitely are. Um, and I'd like to just, if you could, step back. And like you talked about Dungy and Alex in the 50 days. You, you told me a couple stories when I was visiting with you at the facility. And maybe you could kind of share with us a couple of your good stories that you may have about Ryan and Alex or even Jeremy. Or just maybe, you know, just give us a couple stories. Okay. One of one of my favorites is it was a early spring hare scrambles. It was raining. It was super muddy. And we had Alex was maybe six or seven years old at the oldest on a KTM 50, and he was running his hare scrambles. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every lap, he came in, and he wanted to quit, and he had tears running down his face. And we're, no, you can't quit. You got to go. You got to go. So he finished the thing. And when he got done, he jumped off that bike and ran away. Well, as it turned out, when we started it, we found out why. It was shorting out and shocking him the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I really felt bad for the poor kid at that point. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's surprising he didn't just completely give up after that. I'm never riding again. Well, he took a little bit of time off after that. (laughs) He didn't really get serious until about 12 13 years old is when he decided he really wanted to do it. Right. Yeah, and that's so that's cool when you see the kids like they not doing it when they're like on 50s and all that stuff. Taking and, a little while. And what he's basically turned into and not burned out. Right. That's right. Um, I mean, if you look at the studies, these kids that start really young and do it so intensely, about 70% of them are done by the time they're 13. Yeah, I think even McGrath said that you only have. They say you have so much of a window, and then right. you're good for for this amount of time for a majority. Obviously, not everybody, but then when that window's up, you're done. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you know, unfortunately, we see so many kids go. We're lucky here in Minnesota that we have huge veteran numbers, as, as you witnessed. Um, yeah. We are our, our 25, 30 and up classes are big. I mean, our 60 plus class was like 16 riders. That's amazing. You know? Well, yeah. It, and go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the the numbers are going to be good up there, too, especially for those events. I mean, I think every vet rider in this area I know <laughs> plans the trip to go to Millville. I mean, it's just. Yeah, that's just what I, I know. My son raced there for the qualifiers and stuff right. like that, and I have not had the opportunity to go. But everybody I know just loves the track. Yeah, there's a big group of us from the Dallas, Fort Worth, and East Texas area that come every year. You know, I'm sure you know Shan Garcia and his group, and you're oh yeah, your announcer all day long. Everything we heard was that Black Sock Mafia group. The Black, there's those Black Sock Mafia guys and. We uh we love coming up there, and like I said, you're everybody up there really makes us feel welcome. You know, it's it's really a cool experience, and there's really nothing like the heat up there. I mean, it's not as humid as where we are, but you get off that track and go jump in Martin Creek, and it's just like the most incredible feeling in the world. Yes, it is. That that creek is so nice going through there because you can cool down real fast. Yes, you can. It does run cold. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, 
So you were also telling but, me a story about Ryan Dungey, I believe, when I was up there last. Uh, you got a good Ryan Dungey story for us? Well, this goes back to when Ryan and Alex were both on uh, 65cc bikes. And yes, this sir. is my total, claim, my total claim to fame here. Okay. Is that Alex crashed and broke his lower leg, his tibia. So we're trying to get Alex on the stretcher. We got the ambulance out there and the flag, you know, the ambulance flag is out. And old Ryan, he's he's a half, three quarters of a lap ahead of everybody. And he's just blowing through there. And I ran into him later in the day when he came up to pick up his trophy. So I pulled him aside and said, Ryan, you got to obey our flag. I mean, you had three quarters of a lap lead. You can't just <laughs> blow through the flag. And needless to say, I did not know he was such a sensitive kid. He went back to his trailer crying. So that's my claim to fame. I made poor Ryan cry when he was about nine years old or so. You you broke Ryan's heart, but maybe maybe you uh, getting maybe you getting onto him is what made him the champion he was. Well, I you know the kid's got so much of his own drive. Yeah, and I'm really really proud to say that that he represented Minnesota because of all of the pros since I started watching in the 70s. He probably is one of the classiest. He and Roger Coster probably. Yeah, I can't I can't deny uh, or disagree with you. Ryan is one of those guys. You know, he he reminds me like him and Zach Osborne are kind of cut from the same cloth. From what I see, where yeah. they're, they're very very um, aware of the people around them and concerned with you know a good image and treating people right, and uh, that goes a long way, I think. Especially when you're at that level, people tend to get egos and it becomes me me me. But you, I don't see that with guys like Ryan or Zach or some, you know, even Alex and Jeremy, man, they're very humble people. Yes, they are. It, and it's interesting because their dad didn't really want him to go down that racing road because he'd been there. Okay. And so as they were growing up, they did not have good bikes. They didn't have fancy bikes. They didn't have tricked out bikes. His philosophy was if they want it bad enough, They'll learn to ride that stock bike or that beat-up bike fast enough to make a difference, which is what they did. So their early days were not on fancy equipment right. at all. It was pretty clapped out. Yeah, well, TJ sitting here next to me. His son uh, just moved up to the B class this year, and TJ is as, about as cheap as they come, so he is loving hearing this. He's probably going to go home yeah. and tell Doc, we're selling all the trick equipment. You're going to well, ride. That, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking. He's turning, he's turning pro after yeah. Monster Cup, and I'm going to be. And I've already told him, bro. I hope you can make a living doing this because if not, <laughs> the world needs ditch diggers. So, <laughs> amen to that. Yeah. To that. So, Mike. Um, oh, no, go ahead, please. Go ahead. No, you continue. I was just going to say there was there was one other story. Well, I got many, but one of my favorites with Jeremy is, speaking of Dallas, we used to come down to Oklahoma and Texas quite a bit, you know, numerous times every winter to ride because obviously we're knee-deep in snow or worse here. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. And we're, we're riding that uh, Stillwater 500 one year back when they still had a track there. Okay. And I come in for gas, and Jeremy calls me over to the trailer and says, can you look at my bike? It's not working right. So I put it up on the stand and I start looking at it and it's like, well, what's it doing? Well, it, it just doesn't go right. <laughs> okay. So, well, that's definitive, right? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, 
I get to the back wheel, and there's only three spokes holding the rim on. <laughs> he broke every spoke except three. Jeez. So, oh, and he was so mad because he had to sit and watch us for the next two days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So I got a question. You've been with that track for so long, and um, and you talk about y'all's winners and the fact that for a, a big part of the year, y'all are under snow and people aren't able to, to ride, and you talk about the big turnouts. Here in East Texas, we're blessed. Within two hours from us, we have like seven tracks. They're almost always open. You can go to any kind of dirt you want. And we have issues here where the turnouts are low because tracks are scheduling on top of each other or, you know, guys just want to ride practice because they can ride all they want. There's not just racing. And I was curious how it is up there. Do Because I mean, y'all know y'all are going to be the premier track in the area. How does that work with with tracks in that area? Or is there even more tracks in that area? Um, yeah, we've got, uh, right now we've got nine tracks that pay points for our district series, AMA District 23. And over the years, these guys used to schedule on top of each other and fight and bicker over dates. And about three years ago, um, we came up with a formula on how to pick races based on rider input as measured by turnout. And so we ranked the track. We, we restricted to two races. Every Sunday, one in the north part of the state and one in the south part of the state. That had to hurt some track's and, feelings. <laughs> um, you know, it not really. And what it did was it was an incentive for them to improve their package, to improve their facility so that their turnout would get go up. Yeah. So it, so far, it's been very, very successful. And then four years ago we started something that we called our featured events in which we have three races at the end of the season and we score by moto so that because we run two races every Sunday, we force the guys to run against each other. And by scoring by moto, that's enough points. If you don't come, if you're from the North and you don't come down South and race, you can't win a title. So it kind of helps us determine the champions in the classes that way. Okay. Yeah, it seems like you guys are doing things, uh, you know, working together and doing things the right way. You know, it's when I first took over the district 19 years ago, it was a free-for-all. <laughs> and we've, we've slowly, um, you know, gotten a handle on things and I gotten our finances in order and gotten the people to work with each other. And you know, it we're in the we're in the middle of the country, so the work ethic is good. Right. True. Yeah. True. You know. Well, well, we have that here. I think we just have. And this sounds terrible to say from somebody because I love all the tracks that we have, but we have such a diversity of tracks, and they just it's like all the track owners almost hate each other. I can't think of two track owners that are really close friends out in this area. You know, so uh, everybody's just yeah. stepping on top of each other. And I, and here it's a huge problem, but I hear about other, especially up in like the the northeast mm -hmm. and then in the north central area, y'all not dealing with that. And I kind of wish we had that here. Yeah, and it takes a while to get them convinced that you're better off to run four races with 800 riders than eight races with 200 riders. Yeah, yeah, I can see where it's that half the work. 
lot more income. Right. Makes sense. Well, I, I, it's really cool to hear the way you guys are running things. And, and maybe someday this area will get their things together, but I doubt it. It's just, it's so competitive down here and it's dog eat dog and it's unfortunate. But uh, Mike, the last thing I'd like to ask you about is uh, before we let you go. And I, I think I'd love to get you back on another time and tell some more stories. But tonight I'd like you to talk about your son, Mikey, like I said, who I met before I met you actually last year. Um, a great kid. You did a great job there. It seems like um, a fan of the sport. He loves the track also. How's that feel to have, you know, your son grow up and, and be involved with the, the track and your passion and, you know, have that camaraderie with your, with your kid. You know, it's irreplaceable basically. And yeah. how it started was he got done with college and he wanted to go to Japan and teach English, but he didn't get accepted to that program. He was looking for a job. And at that point, John offered him the job as general manager down there. So for 10 or 12 years, Mike was basically uh, the general manager down there, did all the bookkeeping, did the sponsorships. He did all of that kind of stuff. Okay. And now he's got a job up in the cities because the commute was getting to be too much. Two hours each way is a little bit much. So um, he comes down for the races, but he really enjoys it. He loves the people. He knows just about everybody that comes in. Right. You know. And um, he's, he's real cool-headed about things. I get a little hyper, but he doesn't do that. He's he's really good. That's awesome. Well, yeah, and we get, we get to ride together. Yep. Last year, we even we were even in the same race, but by the end of the first lap, he was long gone. <laughs> uh, you know, you could have told us on here that you smoked him, and no, we nobody would know. <laughs> I know it, but I couldn't do that. I hear you. <laughs> well. Mike, again, it, it was honestly just a, a complete pleasure getting to talk to you the last couple of years when I've been up there and, and visit with you a little bit. Um, I really appreciate you coming on here. I think it's people like you that make our sport so fantastic. Um, and it, like I said, it was just an honor to meet you, and I appreciate you. Well, thank you much. It, it, it's really fun to come on and, and talk about our area of the country and, and how we race and how we all love it. it you know, it, it, it's not overstating it to say that the moto community is an extended family. Oh, hundred percent. So, and my, I had two daughters before I had my son and we've been through the whole gamut of sports, but I've never <laughs> seen one this family oriented. I, I totally agree with you. Uh, something we talk about on here a lot and, and your situation shows that, I mean, and, and just honestly that, that whole track, there's a lot of tracks I'm sure that are very similar in the country, but that was one of the few times where I really saw how close everybody that works for Spring Creek and that helps John and Greta out seemed to just love that facility, love them. Uh, the whole place just seemed, and even the writers that came out, like I, I didn't hear one negative thing about anything. That So it's just, yeah, amazing. If you guys are listening and can get to Millville to Spring Creek, whether it be for a national or just a, a, any event, you guys need to go. The place is amazing great people like mike and mike thank you so much for coming on for a little bit to talk to us and uh we, we'd love to get you on again soon in the near future that sounds good i really appreciate the opportunity and anytime just send me a note we'll We're do ready mike. To roll. all right man thank you so right. much oh thank you a ton i appreciate okay, it okay see ya all right bye see ya bye
All right, that's Mike Quinn. Uh, what'd you think, TJ? Dude, the the guy's definitely genuine. You can yes. tell. Just just a few minutes. I've got. I obviously didn't get to meet him like you right. did. But well, that's can... the, that's the feeling I got. And be, even before I met him last year, when they were giving the award away, I think it was on Friday. Maybe it was on Saturday morning. I can't remember last year. But like I was standing there, just kind of watching it, and you could just. Well, first of all, I heard rumors of this thing going on. Yeah. In the scoring tower, they were talking about it, and then. So I was kind of piqued my interest a little bit about this guy they were talking about, and his family was there, and he didn't know they were all there, and he didn't know he was getting this award. Oh, that's so cool. So I was kind of watching, and you could just see it. And you know, being the softy that I am, that <laughs> that kind of it kind of brought a little tear to my eye. Oh, how like, sweet! Yeah, I think I think that stuff like that's cool. So it was really fantastic. Okay, another commercial break. We'll be back with Brian Krantz, and we're going to talk about uh, championship winning mechanics. I think he knows somebody who's won a championship or two, right? Me? No, or Mike. Brian? Uh, uh, Krantz. Brian's won some championships. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't feel like Eli really did anything. Brian, can, if you look, how many races did Joey Savacci's bike break this year? Oh, my God. Don't even go there. I'm not, I'm not well, even bringing that how up. Many bikes, how many races did I'm Eli's not, bike no. break? If, that, if that's the, if that's the, the path Ooh. that this conversation is oh, yeah, going I'm bringing down, it up. I, I'm out. Brian, Brian deserves that championship. <laughs> he better get paid from Eli. So commercial break, commercial yep. break, and I'm going to tone him down there in the commercial we'll break. We'll be back. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven two Trey, I wear Fly Wear Fly Two. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new Women's Light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. If you're looking for top quality hard parts, you need to visit Torque One Racing. Torque One Racing has a passion for the racing industry and are a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. Find the flow with Torque One Racing handlebars, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and grips. Torque One Racing is the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show, so support those who support us. Visit TorqueOneRacing.com and order your Defy Lock-On Grips today. Blood Lubricant Signature Products Blood Power Sport Series, Blood Racing Pro Series, and Blood Racing Pro Elite Series were all created to bring out the highest level of performance and protection for all types of racing. From dirt track to off-road, motocross, supercross, and drag racing, bloodlubricants.com has what you need. Along with their oil lines, Blood Lubricants provides chain loop, degreaser, polyclean, and other top-notch products. Independent tests have shown Blood Lubricant oils to allow your bikes to run up to 30 degrees cooler. Give Jeff Green and Blood Lubricants a try and you won't be disappointed. Blood Lubricant sponsors of Tyler Powers, Team PRMX, Team TXS, and many other pro supercross and motocross riders. Visit bloodlubricants.com today. We're back. Last guest of the night, this guy is a badass, so just hang tight. He's brought to you by Works Wheels and Mods. Brett Hooper at Works Wheels and Mods is the place to go for motor work and any Cerakote needs you have. If you want to add that factory look to your suspension, brake system, wheels, or anything else, contact Brett at hoop2814 at gmail.com. And Works Wheels and Mods brings us the current 
three-time outdoor national motocross championship mechanic for Factory Kawasaki, Brian Kranz. What's up, Brian? What's going on, guys? Well, first of all, man, congratulations. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you. So you're you're just living the dream, man. All those other mechanics, they're just like, look at that guy over there. That's not fair. Three <laughs> times. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. It's definitely living a dream. Yeah, it's awesome. That's what it feels like right now. So does this weekend, you're like, hey, you've already got it wrapped up. Just ride your practice bike, dude. Deal with it. We're not even going to try this week. Is that how it works? <laughs> No, no, we're we're going in this weekend to uh, do exactly what we did last weekend. I, I've always and, and put a double stamp on this thing. I've always said that if I if I could win a championship like that and where I had a a head like 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 basically early, I would just go to the last round and just hang out. <laughs> <laughs> I I wish we could because man, it's been a long long year and we're all we're all pretty burnt out at this point. But yeah, uh, I bet. Uh, well, we're still going to go there and, uh, and and try to get this W and finish this thing out strong. Heck, yeah. So here's what I, I got a couple questions for you. Um, the first is how much, in my opinion, how much of this uh, championship percentage pie is due to your mechanical skills? Like how much do you deserve, you think? Like 60%, 70%? Um, <laughs> man, if I got that much, I would – this would probably be my last year. I'd just be able to hang it up. <laughs> well, here's I was just I was just saying this. We were wrapping up our last last guest, and TJ and I were talking about you coming on. I was like, okay, so if you t- I mean, how many races did Joey's bike not finish? Oh my god, I cannot believe he actually went there. I don't know the number, but I know how many bikes Eli's didn't finish. Yeah. Oh man, man, you're get, you're getting into some freaking dark waters here <laughs> well <laughs> but, but yeah no we were solid we were solid all summer and and uh you know eli eli always takes care of me so that's, that's yeah uh, well that's what's up there. All good. you guys have a pretty long relationship right before factory kawasaki or am i wrong uh yeah we started together at uh geico honda and um, thought so basically i've, I've been his mechanic for this is our we're finishing up our long season yeah so uh, we've been we've been together for uh, quite a while now. Well, so when I talk to you, and I you know I've got to visit with you a few times at races, you're very um, happy, and you like to you talk you talk a lot when it, when things aren't super busy. Like you'll visit, you're friendly, you're outgoing. Um, we kind of as fans and media don't see Eli this as the same personality, at least at the races. We don't see him in his personal life. Um, it almost seems like your personalities would not mesh, but it seems to work. Um, yeah, I mean, to be totally honest, we're, we are similar in a lot of ways, too. You know, we're, yeah, I, I like talking to people and when I have time. And, you know, I, I think that the fans and the media deserve that. And uh, But we're also very, very quiet at the same time. And we're, we're all about business when it's, right. when it's time to, to get the job done. Absolutely. So, since Darkside's stirring the pot, I guess I will, too. <laughs> what do we got to do to get that W for the championship and Supercross? Oh, man. We just, really, we got to do what we did this summer. I think Eli was was super consistent this summer with his, his overall finishes. Um, you know, we weren't quite as dominant as we were last year, um, but we, we got it done this year in a different way. And really, it was, it almost felt, I don't know, easier. Or, uh, I don't know. Maybe we're just getting older or something. But <laughs> Right, right. Um, 
but we got it done in a different way, and I think if we bring that into Supercross, that we could seal the deal there. So coming into Monster Cup, have y'all even talked or anything about the the crazy track designs and whatnot we have coming up? Does that even come into effect as y'all are sitting around just you know bench racing yeah, and shooting know. the bull? Yeah, we talked about it, and and honestly, I mean, I don't, I don't think any of us agree with it. So. Right. We'll see oh, how really? it goes. It's just, it's super, yeah, it's catchy, man. It's having three different starts, three different first turns, and, and uh, you know, riding basically three different tracks. So, uh, you know, hopefully it all plays out and it's a good night of racing, but it's, uh, I don't I don't know if any of the riders are really stoked on it. I yeah. think the track will be tamed down enough because they still have the have 85s and they still going to have the Supercross Futures kids out there. I think it'll be tamed down enough where it's not going to be <laughs> as sketchy as it could be if it was a full supercross track oh yeah for sure i mean the transitions will be for easier and right it won't be super peaked out but um yeah it's, it's gonna be gnarly it'll be interesting we'll see we're gonna be there and we're gonna race it so we'll sure. see how, how it turns out i'm curious is like you know if they get they do one direct one start on one practice and one start on another you know like because there, there's three starts but i mean tip honestly though Two of the starts, the tracks go in the same direction in the end. So, it does, but it's just it's it's a weird deal. I know Feld's trying to spice it up and do some things differently, but yeah, I, I don't think anybody's too stoked on it. Yeah, well, I mean, they've had to pay uh, a million bucks up, right? Back, back <laughs> That's year, true. So they they got they <laughs> yeah. got to do something I didn't even to keep think about uh, that. yeah to keep from paying that out again this year. Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting. Uh, hopefully, I can get out to that thing because I, I, I I've never been to a Monster Cup, so that's that's a goal to try to get to and see if you guys can get another mill. Yeah, I've I've been to it, and I think it's like I think it was it may have been Mathis. Somebody brought up the fact that Ryan Dungey and Villapoto both missed the Joker Lanes, two oh, yeah. of the best guys ever. How do they expect <laughs> oh, the yeah. guys we have now to remember which direction to go? Right, and. and, and. And, right. and get the joker lane see i think i was joking about this on twitter like i think they should whoever you know the ama or whoever should be out there for the, the two starts that are off the main starting gate not tell the riders which one they're going to pick and just have like an arrow and once the, <laughs> once the gate drops turn the arrow one way or the other that, that's what <laughs> let's just go all out yeah. crazy but anyway okay <laughs> anyway so i want to ask you um all right so the sport as a whole the the industry the the press the fans seem to um, hold Supercross in a higher regard than motocross, but as a mechanic, I would think for you for your bike to survive and make it to the end would be the opposite. Like you would pr- put more pr- pride and more um, weight on an outdoor race. Is that am I on point at all, or what do you think? Um, I mean, I, I put the same level of effort and pride into every bike i build right. whether it's supercross or motocross but um as far as the machines and and the abuse they take definitely outdoors destroys these bikes so and uh, su- supercross is is really easy on them for the most part so let's say let's say you haven't won a national championship or you know or a supercross championship and you go into 2020 and you win both would one have more would you take more pride in either one or the other or was it it's the same because it's the same process um basically yeah i mean uh i think if we won the supercross title it would be well 
probably, you know, our, our greatest accomplishment, okay. right? It's, it's that we haven't been able to achieve. And, and uh, you know, a lot of the manufacturers put more emphasis on yeah. the Supercross series now than the outdoors. And, and uh, you know, whether it's right or wrong, who knows. But I enjoy doing both. I think outdoors is, you know, it's the, it's the roots. It's where we all started. And, and to win an outdoor race and to win a championship, I mean, you got to be one bad dude. Oh, and to 100%. do it three times in a row is just, <laughs> It's, it's incredible, man. Yeah, he's an elite company for sure, and, and as well as you are as a mechanic. So, yeah, I mean, that's, again, congrats to you. Go ahead, TJ. No, no. I'm, oh, I, was, I saw you lean forward. I thought you had something. Oh, I did have something, but I was going to let you get finished there. Cause I well, was, I'm changing topics, so if you got something, go r- ahead. Real quick. Um, so, like, is Dylan invited to the party? Does he know who Dylan is? That's what I'm asking. Do you, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Sure, sure yeah. Yeah, the the guy Everybody's who's invited. Well, the, he's the, oh. he's the super fan that yeah. keeps calling into the pulp show. Yeah, there's a guy that's the, over the last couple of weeks has uh, he calls in every week and he he's getting a lot of attention through the pulp fans. And he is a Eli super fan. Like Eli can do no wrong. Eli yeah. could probably shoot his puppy in the middle of the street and Dylan would be like, "Yeah, it was a good idea." <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, maybe maybe if he's that gnarly, he might not be invited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I want to back up. Um, you may not want to talk about this a whole lot. We're not gonna. I'm not going to ask anything too hardcore, but a mix of nations last year was rough. Um, you know, I know Eli put every effort in. He had a new bike. Um, just talk about that experience for you. Like, I, I know you guys did not expect the results, but I know, like, Eli wasn't half-assing it. Um, you know, it just, things didn't go our way. I mean, there's probably a lot of factors, but just from your viewpoint, talk about that race weekend just a little bit. Yeah. Um, motocross Nations last year was, it was tough, man. I mean, we definitely went in there expecting to do it a lot better than we did. Um, you know, we, we did make the decision to race the new bike. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a bike we had really zero time on and, and uh very little testing so um that was a gamble there and uh so going into the race maybe wasn't the best decision but we felt we still felt good we felt confident and then uh you know obviously the track was a lot different than what we normally race for the u.s nationals um the way they prepped it and and you know changed the start and they brought in sand and it was just it was a different racing surface it uh uh, you know, it, it kind of played into their favor and not making excuses. But, um, no, you know, I think, we kind of had some stuff against us. Going yeah, in. I think you're right. Being there, like I've never been to Redbud before, so I, I can't compare it on site, but I've seen it on TV and I, I hear the, all the, the people like Weege and Mathis and the riders and the teams who have been there before. And it was very, very different. It seemed very, very different. Um, and it just, you know, and then you take into account the things we hear all the time, the, the Jeffrey Hurlings and all the GP guys, they race outdoors all year long. They don't focus on supercross. That, that puts us at a disadvantage right off the bat, in my opinion. Um, so it's disappointing. And, you know, and the fact that Kawasaki decided not to go this year, I understand. Um, I'm not necessarily, totally thrilled with it with it you know i'd like to see eli go and i'd like to see ac go but i understand like i'm not you know i'm not i'm certainly not one of those guys that they're going oh i'll never buy a kawasaki or that you know or whatever it's just 
right. as a business decision, I understand. Um, I think Steve and the other guys have said it well. Like, you know, if, if Eli goes over there and dominates, um, you know, everybody's happy. But if anything goes wrong, they put all this effort in. They train these extra, what, four weeks, something like that. And then yeah. everybody hates on him for, for, you know, and he put all this effort. What, like, there's no real upside, you know, really, especially this year. It's going to be tough in Aston. So I get it. Yeah, um, it and you guys need a break. So I, I'm not going to hate, but, um, uh, you know, it just is what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and, and honestly, Eli did want to do it. So it, it, it was more of a decision on Kawasaki's end. And, and, uh, after talking about it, you know, everybody kind of agreed in the end that, you know, maybe it just doesn't make sense. So, yeah. Well, there's a lot of us here, that think that it doesn't make sense for America to go at all. Yeah. Just because of the way the scheduling. that the, the scheduling. Yeah. So, hey, it's up to each. Yeah, that definitely that kills us. Each sure. and everybody. So we've um, we've all had our ups and downs, I guess, at our, in our generation of watching for so many years of America winning and and being the main draw to that race and not and and the FIM giving us no support and then throwing our riders under the bus for stupid crap and yeah i'm i'm out on it as far as as far as i totally understand if people and teams don't want to go deal with that yeah yeah no i mean it's it's still something i'd like to check off the list oh yeah you know, before before we're done but it, it's it's lost some of it's lost over the years, you know, it's just the, uh, our schedule is not, uh, it doesn't work well with it. So, yeah, for sure. Let's, uh, let's step back to this year. Um, and I'm not going to ask any details cause I know you probably can't give me any, but, um, the, the factory Kawasaki team went through uh, a, a little bit of a personnel change through the season. Um, right now, how do you feel the strength of the team is the personnel? How's everybody working together? Uh, right now we're great. I mean, we just wrapped up another title, right? Right so, on. Yeah. You're not, you're not winning championships if things aren't gelling. Um, so right, right now it's good. And, you know, I mean, it was tough definitely in, in the middle of Supercross to, mm-hmm. you know, to do that transitional period, um, if you will. But, uh, we got through it and I think we've had an outstanding summer and, and we're looking forward to the future. Where has our favorite PR person been? Because the last couple of races I've been to, she has been absent. Uh, I'm not sure. Is she, is she still our PR? Oh, I don't know. See, maybe something's changed that I don't know about. Like, I know she was at Loretta's, but... I mean, I don't ever see her anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. Okay, see? <laughs> you, I, I was like, well, maybe her that's... And, uh, there's my answer, maybe, but okay. Yeah, no, her and Dom, uh, like, trade-off races. So, gotcha. Uh, I'm pretty sure she's coming this weekend. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, because I saw on the podium this weekend, I was like, Vanessa's not there for the championship. Uh, so, I was, you know, she wasn't there the week of Loretta's, and I, I texted her. I was like, where are you? Because I wasn't there. I just saw on the podium that she wasn't there. I was like, like, did you get fired or something? <laughs> she's like, no, I'm at Loretta's. You just need to give her a hard time saying that she's only showing up now that the championship's wrapped up and it's, the work <laughs> right. is easy. That's what you just got to give her a hard time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How about that new rig? Oh, it's beautiful. Man, it's uh, nice truck in the paddock. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, talk about like how much easier, how much easier does it make your job? Because I I know they made a ton of improvements just to help. I mean, mainly it's to help you guys as mechanics, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Big B obviously kind of 
head of the project and, and the design of the thing, but he, uh, we're, we can influence as much as we want, you know, and do yeah. whatever we want to make it work for us. So, um, stripper poles and everything. <laughs> no, not that far, but yeah. Uh, way to maybe. go, TJ. All right. but it's, yeah, it's wait, sick, wait, man. wait. You said way to go, TJ, and yeah. you the one started this whole conversation or with him off about basically, oh, whose bike didn't finish? And you started that's that, a, and I say stripper pole. That's a test of his mechanical abilities. Oh. <laughs> You're talking about strippers. All right, so my last question. Um, next year, we've got a new uh, a new teammate under the, the 450 truck. Um, yep. This guy, I really think AC is going to be, you know, maybe not next year, but he's going to be a 450 threat. Um, what do you think? Does that change anything for Eli? Do they, you know, does AC and Eli get along well? Does that, it, I mean, it's got to be difficult having, just like the factory KTM rig, you got two or three guys that are, you know, uh, championship contenders. Um, it, not Nothing against Joey. I, I just, honestly, I don't put Joey in the same place I put Eli and probably where AC is going to be. Do you think that changes anything um, for Eli or the team? Uh, no. I mean, it doesn't change anything for Eli. I think we just keep doing our program and mm-hmm. and uh, go, go and race. You know, it's not like we haven't had new guys come up and, and start a series before, so it's... Uh, we're the veterans and, you know, we're right. the guys that are expected to win and, and, uh, we're just going to keep doing what we do. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think Kawasaki is going to be uh, very dominant over the next two couple of years. Um, maybe in Supercross, we'll start seeing the, 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 not the fall necessarily, but maybe KTM and the Husky, which is pretty much the same bike. Maybe they'll start, you know, maybe we'll, maybe they'll drop down a little bit. We'll get some Kawasaki championships under the belt. I'm a Honda guy, yeah. but I don't, I just team not, green all the way, bro. Yeah, I'm a I'm ride red, but I just man, I just don't see it happening. Enough, I, I just I love Kenny, but I just don't I don't see it happening. Yeah, I think Kenny's going to be stronger going into this next Supercross season for sure. I mean, yeah, he's he's got a full year under his belt, and you know, Supercross races, you're not dealing with the heat and humidity that we get in the outdoors. That's true. So, so he'll be able to charge, you know, through the mains, but. Um, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. We're uh, we're excited to finish out this season, get some rest, and then uh, come into Supercross swinging. Heck yeah, I'm I'm I can't wait for Supercross already. I know you guys are ready for a break. Uh, I'm I'm ready for Supercross to start off next weekend. Let's go. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, Brian, man, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, you guys are always super friendly to me when I come to the races. Maybe it's just because I bring donuts. I don't know, but uh, whatever it takes. <laughs> well, you bring special donuts for one person yeah well you know vanessa's been taking care of me since i first started doing this pr stuff and she got me time with eli which is not easy to get if unless you're like steve mathis so yeah <laughs> vanessa gets special donuts um all right maybe maybe brian kranza gets special donuts next year i'll you just have put to see. your order in well, uh, well. yeah <laughs> i'll text you before a1 see what you want all right, all right. I'll hold you to that. All right, man. Well, hey, once again, congratulations. Uh, really, really happy for you. Thanks for taking for some time with us tonight, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon, bud. All right. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, man. Take care. All right, Brian. See ya. All right. Brian Kranz. Bro, that dude is that is cool. Yeah, like I told you, he's really he's – really, I, 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 I'm a, I, I repeat myself constantly with people like, oh, yeah. he's so cool. But he is. But it's just funny, like the fact that you actually brought that up is awesome. Well, like, I think he would get a kick out of that because 
Yeah, no, I think I it's mean, hilarious. Now, but... if I had said that to, uh, what <laughs> dead, dead air here, yeah, uh, Joey Savacci's mechanic, he wouldn't have got a kick out of that. So I don't much. think he'd find it as funny. But anyway. All right, so that is episode one. Nope, oh, we got to no. take a break. You know what? We have one more call we, to make. We pre-recorded an interview. We're going to tag on here after this next break, and that will be a wrap. So, yeah. All right, thanks. We'll be right back with Derek Wedding. All right, next up on the line is, uh, you know, a regular. He's been a regular co-host. He's one of our Texas boys. And he just got done racing Loretta Lenz, and he is going to Ironman to race the 125 class. What is it, the 125 Dream Race? Mr. Derek Wedding. What's up, Derek? Oh, not much, bud. Just getting my 125 ready with my brother uh, to leave out tomorrow for uh, Crawfordville, Indiana. Yeah, that's uh, that's going to be interesting, you racing that 125 up there. You were telling me it's a pretty full class. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um... We got the we got the rider list today emailed to us, and uh, there's a uh, 64 entries, and uh, there's a uh, I'm the oldest guy at 56 years old, and there's a 50 year old, a 49, a 50, and a 51 year old, and uh, looking forward to going up there and riding against these kids that are probably average of 18 to 20 year old. Yeah, we want to definitely. I mean, is RV going to be at this one too? I mean, are we going to have to get a GoPro on you as you chase RV down? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna put uh, put the GoPro on and and uh, try and record all of it, and uh, we may even try and put a, a second GoPro on so we can uh, we can get the carnage behind me. Yeah, and uh, put the other one facing forward so you can see the before and after effects of me passing people. <laughs> That'll be great. Well, TJ, TJ was asking if you're gonna, you know, you're gonna be chasing down Ron Villapoto if he shows up, though. Maybe stuff him over a berm. <laughs> well, if he gets in my way, I'd be glad to just go ahead and show him how Texas a uh, uh, hammer pilot do it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so let's uh let's go back a few weeks to Loretta's. How was that for you? Well, it was definitely an experience. Uh, uh, you know, it was a kind of a uh, just thrown together deal. I went down just to, I went to a qualifier just so I could go ride uh, Wyndham's track when it was groomed at the regional, and ended up qualifying. And uh, so, Fox Thomas and uh, you know a bunch of my uh, sponsors and stuff were like, "No, you're going to go." And so I, I decided to go ahead and go. And and uh, I hadn't rode my 450 KTM a whole lot. Uh, in fact, it's a 13 model, and it's only got like 53 hours on it. So um, I was going to ride my 250 Honda, which I really feel like I ride fast on it, my two-stroke. But uh, they talked me into taking my four-stroke. Um, the first moto, uh, it, the track, I'm going to just put it this way. If you're not serious about racing, then don't waste your time or, or your money. It is a... Uh, it's probably one of the serious, most serious races I've ever been in in my lifetime, and I've been in a few, counting the Nationals and Trans Ams and all that. But uh, right, those uh, those guys were way more serious about it than I was. Uh, and that track, uh, that track's no joke stuff. either. It was all about fun to me, and um, and those guys, uh, you know, they uh, when when a plus fifty rider uh, does fifty five hours a week in the gym. He rides two or three days a week, and he works a 40, 50-hour-a-week job. They're way more serious about their motocross than what I am. 
Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not about so, that life. I like to watch but, TV and eat ice cream. But it was a uh, it was an experience, man. It was uh, definitely a show. All the big leagues were there. Uh, uh, you know, Shimoda was there. Uh, yep. Uh, 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 Jet Lawrence was there. You know, I mean, we there was some good racing. Every every race that went off, it was a uh, and it was it was an awesome uh, group of riders and. I have to put, you know, give a, a shout out to MX Sports and uh, the Loretta Lynn crew. Those, those guys, man, I've, I've probably never, even at the Nationals, never seen a race go off without a hitch like they those guys put on. Uh, I mean, every 30 minutes the gate's dropping, and and uh, man, the track is uh, track is, is has been watered every every moto, and uh, it's uh, it's it's just crazy how how the race is. It's 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 a fun event just to go watch actually. Yeah, it's, I've never been, but i got to make it at some point. I think I spent, I would say, 90% of the time I was there down in the creek. <laughs> yeah. I float. Well, I didn't have the finishes, you know, that I really wanted to have. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm a racer, and I enjoy, you know, winning. and You know, but um, I, uh, the first moto, I, I, I had a slave cylinder, a clutch slave cylinder go out on me, and so I, I lost my clutch in the second lap, and, so with all those ruts, uh, you've got to run. You've got to have a clutch to stay in the ruts. So I had to run all my corners in first gear, and so I ended up, you know, dropping back. I'd caught up to like 23rd, and uh, so I ended up dropping back to 34th. And then uh, second moto, a uh, little bit better start, and uh, uh, caught up to 19th. And and honestly, <laughs> that one was all on me, guys. I I, I petered out, man, and. Uh, uh, Ended up dropping, uh, dropping back, you know, that last lap, to, and ended up 34th again. And I, I attribute it to the curse of the 34 because normally, you know, guys, I, I, y'all see me, I run number 33 all the time. And right. Guy from Jersey, uh, Jersey, he got he got entered for me, and he got his number was 33, and so he got to keep the 33, and I got to ride with number 34, and so uh, it was kind of like the curse of the 34, and. Um, so then the third moto uh, got a real good start, passed a few people in the Ten Commandments, and was you know moving up that first lap and come over a little hip jump to the right and uh, kind of got a little off balance and was trying to stay in the inside uh, rut and and a uh, guy bumped me from behind the bike fell over and as I'm picking it up uh, another rider just nails my my foot brake with his left fork leg and uh, it jammed my rear brakes up and so. By the end of the second lap, my rear brakes were locking up so tight when I pulled the clutch in that the rear wheel would just lock up, you know, without me touching the brake pedal, and and it burned my clutch up. So I had a DNF on the third moto. So yeah, we were on the line. You know, we were on the line as you came by, and I heard your bike, and I'm like, something's not right there as you were <laughs> exiting the track. <laughs> yeah, it was a. Uh, yeah, I knew. And I was hoping, I thought I had a rock, you know, jammed up in the foot uh, foot pedal and stuff. So I kept, you know, the more I pumped the brake, the tighter the brake locked down on me. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, so if I'd known it from the start, I would have just ran with a front brake. You know, not that I would have been able to do very good. But uh, by the time I got uh, to the end of the start, uh, starting gate, got hit into that, the pits at the end of the second lap, it, uh, the, there was so much pressure on the rear brake that it blew my braided hose out of the banjo fitting. Jeez. And uh, so it just, I mean, the hose just blew apart. So it was, uh, and at that point it released the brakes, you know. So um, we're going we're 
going to work on all that, get the flush replaced, and you know, work on the brakes and stuff, so I can start riding it a little bit more, so I can get ready for uh, uh, November when we go to uh, the Bay World to Glen Helen. Awesome. Well, the big, the biggest question is, did you have a good time? Oh, I had a blast. Uh, I want to, you know, really thank Potts Thomas and uh, and uh, David Shira and and uh, with uh, Kentwood Motocross, uh, Wildwood Motocross. Uh, they, you know, they. They kept me fed real good. Uh, Glenn Gidry was hammerhead mods, you know, that guy. Yeah, I, I'd lost, when I got laid off a couple, about three weeks before Loretta's, uh, I came home, I lost about 10 pounds, man. And, <laughs> and for that whole week before Loretta's, uh, old Glenn Gidry, man, he, he kept me fed so good that I gained about 15 back right before the <laughs> Well, uh, Derek. But, Derek. It's easy for us big guys to gain and lose weight real fast, kind of like a yo-yo. We're just up and down. All right, time. right, right. That's funny. Well, you're head, You're about to head out to Ironman, and, uh, of course, we wish you nothing but the best of luck. Um, so if anybody is watching the race, is anybody's there this weekend, or if you're watching the, the, time, any of the time qualifying or anything that shows the 125 race online, keep an eye out for Mr. Derek Wedding. Derek, before we let you go, man, why don't you uh, give a shout-out to your sponsors that are helping you out this weekend. Man, I want to thank everybody with Hammerhead Mods, Amzol, uh, X Brand Goggles, uh, uh, Pot Thomas Racing, Baskin Robbins of Longview. That's uh, my favorite. If you go to Baskin Robbins in Longview, tell them Rob Springer sent you. And then uh, uh, Burn Lords, uh, Timmy's Machine Shop, Moto X Pod for sure. You know, and uh, those guys are assholes. And, uh, giving everybody the heads up on all the newest and the latest information in the dirt cycle world. And uh, just everybody out there that enjoys the motorcycle racing. And uh, <laughs> if y'all uh, y'all ever get a chance here in Texas, come see us at some of these CBRC races, man. There's there's lots of competition, and uh, you get to ride some of these old T-strokes and have a blast. Hell yeah. Derek, man, I'll be checking in with you Saturday, see how you're doing, man. Just uh, have a good time and uh, good luck, man, and just uh, do what you got to do to get I in Thank there. y'all, and y'all have a good evening. Will do, Derek. Thanks, buddy. All right. All right. See ya. All right. This is Mr. Derek Wedding. Uh, yeah. He was brought to you by Cherbies. For decades, Cherbies has been the leader in moto, plastic, and accessories. With research and development, they continue to be on the top step of the podium each year. With products that fit perfectly, look amazing, and last, Cherbies has what you need. Check them out at acherbiesusa.com and let them know, as always, that the Moto X-Pod show sent you. And if you call 1-800-659-1440, ask for Brian Fullerton. He, uh, he'll take care of you. Thanks to Acherbies for helping us out. And that's going to pretty much do it for episode 134. We want to thank everybody that came on, Justin Starling, Brian Krantz, Mr. Mike Quinn, and, of course, Derek Wedding. And congrats again to Margaret Otenid, I hope we're saying that right, on winning the Fly Racing Women's Light Hydrogen Gear uh, we got a lot of entries. We drew the name, and she was actually the last one to come in and still got the win. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Thanks to everybody for listening. Don't forget to go to patreon.com and try to support the show if you can. Support all of our sponsors, as always. And uh, we'll be back next week with uh, another show. TJ, you going to be in studio next week? Uh, as of right now, probably the way things are looking, I'll be in next week. So you have to listen to my beautiful voice for one more week, which I know everybody's excited about that, right? No, I've gotten so many complaints, and they haven't even heard the show yet. They've already been complaining. They're texting already As, and Yeah, just because tweeters, they know. Yeah. Tweet, twist, whatever. They're tweeting and tweeting. Instagramming and sending me texts. On Please, the internet? 
this show on the internet, not on the YouTubes. Not on the YouTubes. But on the internet, and they are complaining, please don't let TJ keep talking. We hopefully know how YouTube's it next week. Yeah, hopefully we can figure that out. It's okay. your internet. Huh? It's your fault. But it's not only my internet. There is something going on, clearly, but the board isn't really talking. It's not. We're, we, got, you. we got some technical Everybody's things. Everybody's blaming you. Hey, you're the producer. Not, not this week. Every week, DJ TJ. All right. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back. See ya. Say